What is up and welcome to the Beyond the Arc with Brandon Silver's 2023 National College Football Preview Show. As always, I am your host, Brandon Silvers. Be on the lookout Wednesday for the in-depth SEC preview and Friday for the Gamecock football preview and subscribe to the YouTube channel so you can watch the most entertaining weekly college football show on the internet, Brett's Bets. Speaking of that, I'm joined by the star of Brett's Bets to break down the national picture, Brett Gosnell. Brett, what is going on? How are we doing? Doing fantastic. So let's get into it. All right. Number one, preseason AP top 25, the Georgia Bulldogs. We will cover them more in depth in the SEC preview. 15-0 last year, destroy TCU in the national championship game. How do you like their odds this year to be the first team to three-peat since Minnesota in the 30s? They're the favorites to get it done, and they should be. Uh, so the defense is going to be elite again. Um, you know, the pass rush was like the only possible weakness you could find in that defense last year, but still just elite, elite defense. Um, the concern is going to be on the offensive side of the ball. Uh, they're losing Todd Munkin, who, you know, watch our more in-depth preview but we have a lot of reason to believe that as good as that offense was last year, Todd Munkin was responsible for a lot of that. A lot of that was play calling um, and losing Stetson Bennett, who say what you will about him. He was an excellent, excellent college quarterback. So Mike Bobo taking over at offensive coordinator. Uh, you see the decorations I have. I don't think too highly of him. So, yeah, I think the offense has a chance to take a step back, but the defense is still going to be there. They're still the most talented team. They're still the favorite to win it all. Would you ever imagine Georgia football would look like this? <sighs> Not really. I mean, they're, you know, they've always, always thought of themselves as a national power, but, you know, most of our lifetimes, they were just a couple steps ahead of us. Maybe that's like, that's a good lesson. Like believe and you can achieve. Yeah. yeah. I, I honest to God, I think that's a huge part of it. And I think that's part of what holds us back is our fans are just kind of okay with being mediocre. I mean, we've got a shit ton of resources ourselves here. You know, we've, our indoor practice facility is just as multi-million dollars of a nice one as George's is. So yeah, but you you do have to have those high expectations, and Georgia has them, and now look at them. But yep. I know that we talk about it, the in-depth SEC preview. They got a lot of off-the-field distractions as well. Like you said, the offense probably takes a step back. So we'll talk later at the end where we think this is all going to shake out as far as the college football playoff picture. But, I mean, you could do a lot worse than than Georgia has done with all of their talent. So let's go ahead and move on to the number two team in the preseason top 25, the Michigan Wolverines, 13-1 and last season, 9-0 and in the Big Ten, lost to TCU in the college football playoff semifinal. Jim Harbaugh is back, ninth year here, 13th overall. They bring back basically every major contributor 
from last season's team. How are you feeling about Michigan? So Harbaugh's been there a while now. It took him a while, but he's finally got it rolling up there. They're going to be an elite team again. They're probably going to make it to the playoffs again, and they're probably going to get knocked out again. So as good as as good as Harbaugh is in the regular season, I I think the last two years have shown this. When when he faces either a team with speed or like a well coached like a college a true college football coach, and he's more of a pro style guy, they don't stand a chance. You know, two years ago Georgia just ran all over i had money on michigan as an eight point dog i thought they were going to keep that game close and georgia just the speed was way too much for them and then last year they faced tcu who they're no doubt more talented than but sunny docks the epitome of a college football coach versus the pro style jim harbaugh tcu handled them the game got kind of close at the end but tcu really dominated that game so yeah that's what i think is going to happen again uh you know, the defense has been elite the last two years. I guess two years ago, they had they had an amazing defense, lost a ton, and then last year the defense was still great again. So I, I think the defense just from now on is going to be great. I think they've got it rolling up there on that side. The offensive side of the ball, like you said, uh, the running backs both come back. Blake Corum, who was the Heisman, kind of a little bit of chatter before he got hurt last year. He's back. And J.J. McCarthy, who he's uh, like sixth or seventh here in the Heisman contention. I think that's a little silly, but. It's crazy. Yeah. He's, he is good. And, yeah, the, I, I think they're going to be great on both sides of the ball. I think they're going to roll through the Big Ten. But I'm going to have to see it to believe it when he starts facing some teams with speed. Yeah, McCarthy to me, he he's not great. Like he's good, not great. They don't really have a lot of talent at wide receiver for him to throw to, anyways. Yeah. And we're talking relative to a team that's number two in the AP preseason yeah. top twenty-five. So yeah. you would expect them to have more at wide receiver. They don't. Corum's back, eighteen touchdowns on the ground last season. Probably is going to make more. NIL money than NFL run, uh, money as a running back anyways. Yeah. Yeah. Donovan Edwards almost ran for a thousand yeah. yards too. So they, they do have a lot there, but I don't see how you trust them. Um, yeah. When it comes down to it, like I feel like, I kind of feel like Harbaugh knows that too. Cause I feel like he's always kind of sniffing around like a pro job. Yeah. Like he's trying to strike why the iron's hot. He knows the shit is going to come crumbling down here eventually. Yeah. So I I don't really trust them, but you know they certainly have the talent, and we'll see if we trust them more compared to other contenders. Yeah. A bit here. Yep. Also, Harbaugh it just came out not going to serve the suspension for the hamburgers, yeah. which yeah. was funny because he was negotiating the suspension, which I didn't know you could do, <laughs> and then so he didn't get just, approved. Yeah. The NCAA, he was negotiating with the NCAA, I guess. Or, yeah. Or okay. Yeah. If you stand up to the NCAA, nothing will happen to you. North Carolina showed us that with the the fake classes. Yep. Uh, yeah. It's you know it's a joke. Yeah. 
And I will say Michigan does have a pretty favorable schedule too. Like they don't really play yeah. anybody. They go to Penn State, but they get Ohio State at home. Uh, and that's basically it until they make it to the the playoff if they get there. So Yeah. Yeah. I think they're the they're the best team in the Big Ten, deserving of the number two ranking, but I still don't I don't foresee them doing anything when the playoff starts. No. Me either. We talked about Michigan. Now their biggest rival, Ohio State, is the number three team. They were eleven and two last year, eight and one in the Big Ten. Only loss was a blowout against Michigan. They still made the college football playoff where they outplayed Georgia, but lost on a missed field goal as the clock struck midnight. And so now they they have been calling off and on for head coach Ryan Day's head, which is weird because they're still really good. They do lose CJ Stroud, who was incredible, but they do bring back a lot including the – I don't even have the adjectives to describe Marvin Harrison Jr. Yeah. But what do you think about their chances this year? Why could they win the national championship? So I actually give them a better chance to win it than Michigan, even though I just said Michigan's the best team in the Big Ten. Michigan, given that they're more solidified uh, – in their quarterback and they're bringing a lot back. I, I feel like Michigan's the better team, but that whole thing where Michigan, once they face speed and talent, they just hit a wall. Ohio state, that does not happen. Nope. Uh, as we saw, they outplayed Georgia, the most talented team in the country. One of the best defenses ever just went up and down the field on them with ease last year. So yeah. Whereas Michigan's the better team. I, I still feel like Ohio State probably has a better chance to win it all. Um, so, yeah, like you said, C.J. Stroud, um, I'm, they've had good quarterbacks forever up there, so I'm sure the next guy's going to be good too. But C.J. Stroud's just irreplaceable. He was so damn good, so good. He would have been my first pick uh, in the draft, uh, no question about it. Uh, Marvin Harrison's back. Uh, he's a man. They've had great receivers for years. Ngata and all them dudes, they've been loaded there as well. So the the problem on offense is the offensive line loses a good bit. And, you know, they're, they were responsible for giving Stroud a lot of time to throw the ball. So that's going to be tough. Um, looking at the defensive side of the ball. So they bring in – Last year, they brought in Jim Knowles, the Oklahoma State defensive coordinator, maybe the best D coordinator in the country at the time. And they had a good year defensively, but one, Michigan just destroyed them. Yeah. So that kind of popped the balloon there. So there is some question marks coming in this year. They uh, Obviously, they're, they're loaded to the gills with five-star talent. Um, and loaded up with cool names as well. So check out some of these names here. Defensive tackle, Hero Canoe. Beautiful. Linebacker, Steel Chambers. Jesus. That sounds like an <laughs> 80s action star. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, safety, Sunny Styles. I, I love it. So just based on that, they probably should be ranked higher 
Yeah. Um, but yeah. no, I think hey. it's the second year for Knowles. So you would think there might be a little more understanding in the system. I know first team all Big Ten linebacker Tommy Eichenberg yeah. is coming back too. Yep. He's really good. You're right. It does feel like the first year in forever where they didn't have the best quarterback in the Big Ten heading into the season. Like you would assume that I think Kyle McCord is the leader in the clubhouse right now. You would assume he's going to be good just because they just get great quarterbacks. But heading into the year, we don't know. This is the first time it feels like forever. Uh, good running backs and like Travion Henderson, if he's healthy, he's a Heisman candidate. Like this is incredible for how upset people were after losing to Michigan. Yeah. How they were really like a, a field goal away from being the favorite heading into the national championship game. Yeah. Yeah. A, a clear, clear favorite. So I know they got a couple of tough games on the road against Notre Dame and, and Michigan again. Uh, but man, I just, I just love, it doesn't feel like a big 10 offense at all. And I love that. No, not don't feel like a big 10 team no. at all. To me. I mean, they recruit at a sec level and they have speed all over the place. So yeah, they're not really a fit in the big 10, honestly. No. And we love them for, for that. Now we're Gamecock fans. Would you be okay losing to Clemson every year if you still won national championships like Ohio State almost did last year? Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it means that much. I know it does to them, too. That was the first time they'd lost to Michigan in like 10 years, though, wasn't it? Yeah, the past two seasons, they just have not. Yeah. They've forgotten how to beat them. But before yeah. that, it was like that was Harbaugh's big thing is – he yeah. couldn't beat Ohio State. Now yeah. he can't. Yeah. I don't know. I might That's take tough. it one time. I might, yeah. <laughs> I might take like three clips and losses in a row to win a national title. Which, shit, we just got through with six or seven in a row there. So I. <laughs> yeah, we're doing it for free right now. Yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, but speaking of. SEC teams like Ohio State looks like and recruits like number four, Alabama, another team we covered more in depth in the SEC preview, 11 and two last year, six and two in the SEC, beat Kansas State in the Sugar Bowl in a down year for them. Are they going to bounce back this season for Nick Saban, who has been photographed looking a lot like the Joker? Yeah. So. Again, you use you use that term bounce back. That implies yeah. they fell off last year. You know, they they lost two games by like what a combined one score. You know, yes. I mean a, a double overtime game and a game at Tennessee where they should have been up 14 with five minutes left and celebrating. So you know, I don't know the they lose so much from that team last year. Their best offensive player, obviously, and Bryce Young, and then Will Anderson on the defensive side of the ball. This is the most question marks heading into a season for a Bama team that I can remember. You know, we don't know who the quarterback's going to be. They lose their D coordinator um, to Ole Miss. Um, 
a lot of these questions are going to be answered because they're bringing in nine five-star freshmen and, you know, Saban will play the freshman early. He's yep. shown that. But, you know, like I say, quarterback questions, don't know who the running back's going to be. They're elite, elite receivers they've had the last several years. Don't – I don't think you're going to see that this year. We didn't see it last year. So, yeah, I don't know. I, I think they continue to fall. <laughs> I mean, if you consider last year a fall, I, I think they – Probably don't. I don't know. Ten, getting to ten wins is going to be tough this year. Honestly, I think. Yeah. So speaking of the fall of Alabama, uh, they have tied the longest national championship drought in Nick Saban's tenure with two seasons without one. <laughs> uh, he is That's hilarious. Has won six of them there at Bama, and they've won at least ten games every season since he's been there, except for his first year. Yeah. So, so yeah, this they might win nine this year and it'll be seen as like a precipitous drop off, but you know, they're still elite. I mean, you know, I'm they're not they're not dead yet. No, I don't think so. Another SEC team, funny how this happens every year. Yeah, yeah. Weird. Number five LSU, ten and four last year, six and two in the SEC drilled Purdue 63 to seven in the Citrus Bowl Brian Kelly's second year there this kind of feels like a very high ranking to them can they justify it throughout the course of the season yeah this feels a little bit too high and it's kind of unfair in a way because Brian Kelly's year one last year they make it to Atlanta you know, so like there's no things are going well there, but you know, now you rank them number five. If they fall short of that, it's going to be a disappointment when really they can have another great year and finish the year like top 15 or something. I still feel like that would be a, you know, very good year too for Brian Kelly. Um, yeah. I, they do have a Heisman candidate at quarterback. Um, he's going to be in his second year under Brian Kelly. He'll probably take another step forward in Jaden Daniels. Um, the defense will probably be good again. They're bringing in a lot of transfers to fill what holes they have. Um, the So, yeah, I mean, I, they'll be good, but top five feels tough to me. And this one's tough, too, because if you look at the record, I feel like you get a different feeling than if you watched them play last yeah, year. That's, yeah, that's the next place I was headed. So uh, as good as they were last year, there were at least three games where those could have just absolutely flipped the other way. So, you know, instead of – they won 10 games last year, right? Yeah. So – easily been a seven win team right right which would have been fine like seven years or seven wins in your first years in, in, in a new sec regime like that's good that's incredible but it so, feels like they've kind of set the bar a little too yep. high heading into this yep. one yes so, I, agree. I agree i don't know but hopefully we're right because i don't want brian kelly to win a national championship so yeah, 
it's probably coming at some point, but not this year. Thank God. We got to hold it off as long as possible. Yeah. <laughs> Let's go out of the SEC to what's left of the Pac-12, but <laughs> will soon be a Big Ten team in Southern Cal. Number six preseason top 25, 11 and three last year, eight and one in the Pac-12. Looked like they were headed for the college football playoff until they lost to Utah at the end there. And then they lost to Tulane in the Cotton Bowl because they could not stop teams from scoring. Lincoln Riley's second year there. Caleb Williams won the Heisman last year. He's back. Do you think the defense can be good enough this year for them to actually make the playoff and possibly win a national championship? Uh, no. So... Last year, Lincoln comes in, you know, the best offensive mind in the game, gets the best quarterback in the country, brings with him uh, Die, the transfer running back out of Oregon, Oregon yep. and, and uh, Jordan Addison, the five-star receiver. So, I think you, he showed you can take an offense from average to elite just quickly, you know, and that's what they did. The defense, I feel like depth matters a lot more on defense. Uh, I don't think you can build that. Up. Obviously, you can't build that up in a year. He showed that, and maybe even two years. Uh, the The defense was just horrible last year, just absolutely terrible. And they were just soft. I mean, just against lesser competition that they were more talented than, just gave up tons of points. The only thing they did, they were ninth in the nation in turnovers. And if you watched them at all, those turnovers come at the most opportune times. Like any time a game was tied in the fourth quarter, the defense was getting a turnover. I mean, I don't know if that's a skill or that's just luck. It's probably just mostly luck, honestly. But that's kind of how that, that defense went. But, you know, based on what they had last year and just Lincoln – being a only in his second year, I don't see that defense being built up enough yet for them to really compete for anything. But the offense, now the offense, they do lose Die, they do lose Addison, they bring in Marshawn Lloyd, uh, our guy. We'll see how we'll see how he does. Um, but yeah, Caleb Williams is the Heisman favorite again. He's probably the best quarterback in the country, so they'll do well in the Pac-12, but you know, no, no real national title aspirations. Yeah. 4,500 yards passing last year, 42 touchdowns to five interceptions and 10 rushing touchdowns. Just incredible, incredible season. I think the bright side with the defense is that I don't think they can get any worse because they were so bad especially at the end of the season, looked like they were about to blow out Tulane in that bowl game and just completely died and gave up a couple of touchdowns at the end. So I think they'll they'll take a step forward just because they can't take a step back and they're bringing back nine guys too. But well, I just don't trust them enough. Maybe they, they might can take a step back because maybe those – all those miracle fourth quarter turnovers don't happen this year. That's a good point. So I don't know. I just, you're asking a lot of Caleb Williams. I feel like to carry that team 
with that defense. So I don't know about them. But, and I don't, Southern Cal and the Big Ten will never make sense to me either. So. Yeah, that's going to be fascinating to see that. Yeah. So, and they're going to be at a horrible travel disadvantage every game they play. Yeah, it makes no sense. I guess you're a West Coast team going East. Is always the worst. You like, never, never always, good. Yeah. And Big Ten, they play all those noon games, like every damn game's at noon. Yeah. So that's good. That's going to be rough. Yeah. So I don't know the thinking there outside of money. Uh, and sometimes that's all that matters, as we've seen yep. in, in college football, especially. Yep. So moving on, number seven, Penn State, 11 and two last year, seven and two in the Big Ten, beat Utah in the Rose Bowl. James Franklin back for his 10th year there. I didn't know it'd been that long. Uh, one of the best defenses in the country. Can they compete for a playoff spot? I don't think so. Um, this feels like this is a team that like the national media wants to be good so bad. You know, they always want Miami and Texas to be good. Yep. Miami, not, Texas, Notre Dame, Penn state feels like. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, Penn state's going to be good. Their Vegas win totals nine and a half. That feels fine to me, but they're still clearly behind Michigan and Ohio state, like a clear step down. So, I mean, you look last year, Michigan destroyed them. They were a 13 and a half point underdog to Ohio state. I think they covered by half a point. So they did keep it kind of close, but there's still just, there's clearly a gulf between those two teams in Penn state. Um, this year, uh, the future, the future lines, they've got them as a ten-point dog at Ohio State, and a only a two and a half point underdog at home to Michigan. So Vegas does kind of buy that maybe that they're getting closer, but I still think they got to they got to prove it before they warrant a you know a top any certainly any playoff discussion. Yeah, I mean defense again incredible. Two good running backs in Nicholas Singleton and Katron Allen. Quarterback, always a question for me at Penn State. And I feel like you need a great quarterback if you're going to compete for a playoff spot. They lose Sean Clifford, who was their all-time leading passer, but sucked. Um, yep. <laughs> and so you could have an upgrade, possibly, because it's not like Clifford set the bar high, but you're not going to have wow. enough of an upgrade to where, oh, we're going to go – to the playoff, I don't think. Probably not this year, but the quarterback that is going to get the job is Drew Aller, number one uh, quarterback in the 2022 class. So the talent is there. I was reading about him. Uh, real big kid, real big arm, can run if he needs to, but more of a passer. The 247, the recruiting website, their comp is Josh Allen, which is a pretty damn good comp. I tell you so what. They I might improve it. Position. Yeah. Yeah, I will have to see a Penn State quarterback be great to believe. Yeah. They've tried yeah. to sell us on all these – Christian Hackenberg and Trace McSorley, all these guys. Yeah. 
Yeah. I, I just cannot wrap my head around being a great quarterback, looking at Penn State play football and saying, that's what I want to go do. Yeah. It feels like they always have kind of the classic Big Ten quarterback, like not a talented guy, but like good game manager and all that shit. Yeah. It, at least on paper, they've got the talent this time. We'll see how good he ends up being, but they're going in the direction of an uber talented quarterback this time. So that'll be exciting to see. Kind of to the point of, I think of Penn State as just being like almost as generic as their uniforms are. Can yeah. you name three players who have played here in the past decade? Did Tom Ali play there? Didn't he play there? That might be one. You know, I couldn't uh, tell you because I can't. I can name one. <laughs> I can name Saquon Barkley. That's it. Yeah, that's that's a good one. Shit. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> if one of them broke into your home right now, wearing the world's most plain helmet would you be able to identify him like oh that's i can't even think of a i'd have to go back to courtney brown and i only know him because he's from south carolina yeah um i don't know i guess i would think it was a a very big high school player yeah <laughs> yeah exactly he's like huh i can't even identify this jersey so now i'm kind of with you they're they're still a tier below Michigan and Ohio State, their own conference. Yeah. Number seven preseason. I mean, God bless James Franklin. He won at Vandy, so, you know. He's he's the perfect Penn State coach, too, just a generic-ass dude. Yeah. Tom Bali did play at Penn State, by the way, so I was correct about that. There we go. Yeah, James Franklin looks very easy to draw, and that, that, was, <laughs> that was the qualification for being the Penn State head coach. <laughs> So, moving on to a team that's a little bit harder to draw, I guess. Number eight, Florida State. Kind of surprising, 10-3 and three last year, 5-3 and three in the ACC. Beat Oklahoma in the Cheez-It Bowl. Mar Mike Norvell is there, his fourth year. Big guy they bring back is quarterback Jordan Travis, who really took a huge step forward last, last year. What do you think about them? I mean... They're ranked ahead of Clemson preseason in the AP top 25. So from my perspective, uh, they were the, the thing that was interesting about them last year, they were like the darlings of Vegas. Uh, all the sharp betters just bet the shit out of them every game. Anytime they lost like all the betting podcasts would come back the next week and say, Oh, the analytics said they really should have won that game. It was. So it's like a combination of the, the super stat nerd analytic guys and the, the betting professionals just adored Florida state. So looking at it from our more lowly layman eyes here. Uh, yeah. The defense was uh top 20 last year. So the defense was good. Um, but even then they were overrated because the defense relied on not giving up explosive plays. Like you could pick your way down the field on them, but they didn't give up any explosive plays. And that's one of those super overrated analytic stats, you know, how much explosive plays you get and how many you give up. So 
Yeah, defense was good, uh, but maybe not quite as good as the analytics would have you believe. Uh, have a ton of talent. They hit the transfer portal extremely hard. Jared Verse, their defensive end, he returns, even though he likely could have been a first-round pick. He comes back. He's trying to be a top-five pick, and he very well could do it. Um, 17 tackles for loss, nine sacks last year. So he's going to be – He's going to be good. Um, another defensive end that's probably going to be a depth piece for him that was our one of our best players last year, Gilbert Edmond. You know, I'm curious to see how well he does down there. But, yeah, the, the defense is going to be very good, I would say. Um, the offense, you mentioned Jordan Travis. He's the fourth favorite to win the Heisman. Um, they had, like I said on Davis, they had a ton of explosive plays last year, so that led the analytics people to just love them. Um, but yeah, Jordan, even we can tell you Jordan Travis is great, and their receiving core is great. They're all like six foot five. They add Jaheim Bell, which I that's who I'm really curious to see uh, to yeah. see how how. Pr- Probably we're going to see how great he is in a system that knows how to use him. Uh, but, you know, we'll see. So, yeah, I, th- I think the tail end of the top 10 is probably justified for them. Even though I, th- I do think they were probably overrated last year, I, I feel like, you know, a nine and a half win total is where Vegas has them. And what we've got them, the AP's got them, what, seventh or eighth? So I, I yeah. feel like that's right. Yeah, and like like you said, they're bringing back nine guys on defense. Probably the best defense in the ACC, what for whatever that's worth. Yeah, um, they bring in Keon Coleman from Michigan State at wide receiver. He was third team All Big Ten there. You mentioned Bell. They bring back their leading receiver last from last year, Johnny Wilson. They got good running backs too, and their offensive line has. 206 career starts. So that's one of those ridiculous, like COVID year. That's amazing. I feel like, yeah, like they're super experienced there. So I think that, I mean, the ACC, it feels like it's more up for grabs this year and this would be a good year to be good. So, yeah. Yeah. I I mean, it's a coin toss between them and Clemson, them being the slot favorite. I mean, that that feels right to me. Yeah. So we'll see. They open with LSU and Orlando, a home game for them that they won last year barely. They do have to go to Clemson this year, uh, the end of September. Uh, they almost beat them at home last year, but Clemson mm. has a way to make me unhappy. But I th- I think you're right. I think this is a good spot. Eight's a pretty good spot for them, honestly. Yeah, yeah. And speaking of Clemson, number nine, you mentioned it was a coin flip. I guess the AP decided that as well, and they c- came up tails. Uh, 11-3 and three last year, 8-0 in the ACC, lost to Tennessee in the Orange Bowl, got sent to the Orange Bowl because they lost to us, South Carolina. Dabo, 16th year here. One of the best defenses in the country by most metrics. Most analysts say that up there with Georgia and Penn State. Offense was the problem last year. 
do you think they get that figured out and make their return to where they feel they deserve to be? So, yeah, yeah. looking at the offense, uh, the biggest news is they bring in Garrett Riley to be the offensive coordinator. I would have loved to have had him. That was one of the names I was hoping we would get. But even so, there are big question marks with him. I mean, obviously the name, he's Lincoln Riley's brother. So that's, that's a feather in the cap. But he – the question with him is – was it him or was it Sonny Docks? You know, he's been with Sonny Docks at SMU and TCU. So, you know, elite offense last year at TCU. But again, was it Sonny or was it Garrett? You know, we'll maybe start to find that out this year. But, you know, on paper, it seemed like it was a good hire. Um, quarterback, their Cade Klubnick is going to start five-star quarterback. Um, he's going to be better than DJ. I don't think there's any, I don't think that's hard to do, but I think he's probably getting overhyped. I mean, there, he saw sometime last year and looked de- okay in a couple games, but not like world beating. And, you know, Clemson's just over the moon about him, but I, you know, I don't know how good he's going to be. He, he looks small. I don't know what his actual measurements are, but it, anytime I saw him play, he looks small, fragile. So, yeah. And the Riley hire, I think, is important because Dabo's a guy who really needs his coordinators to be good. And we saw the defense take a step back with Brent Venables leaving to go to Oklahoma. So... I'm wondering what the offense will do with Garrett Riley because Dabo, not an X's and O's guy. He's a motivational guy, raising funds at New Spring, probably guy. So I'm curious to see how that goes. They bring back Will Shipley on offense, who was developed in a lab at New Spring, actually, because they wanted a very impressive white skill position player. Almost 1,200 yards rushing last year, 15 touchdowns. And they have, believe it or not, a pretty favorable schedule. Uh, I know they, they always struggle with the tough, tough cupcake schedule, but they're tough games this year, FSU, Notre Dame, North Carolina, all at home. They do have to come to Willie B and see if they can avenge last season's loss. And another question mark for me on offense is for a while there, they were just kind of churning out wide receivers and yeah. wide receiver yeah. talent. That has not happened the past no, couple of seasons. They're very weak at wide receiver. Like you said, their national winning years, they had the best receiving groups in the country. Yeah, just a huge, huge drop off there. Like their best receiver is Antonio Williams, the, the kid that fumbled the, yeah. the game last year to us. Uh, yeah, just a huge drop off at wide receiver. And even running back, you mentioned Shipley is good, but like, you know, it used to be, ETN and dudes like that. I mean, I think they've dropped off there as well. So it, it kind yeah, of feels like huge skill position, huge drop. Yeah. So it kind of feels like Dabo is struggling to adjust to the NIL climate and yeah. the big money to lure away the coordinators and all that stuff and kind of. I feel like he's probably just trying to hold on and be like a perennial double-digit win guy 
until Saban yeah. retires from Bama and he can go there. Yeah. So yeah, the the new landscape is being weird for him because they they don't take any transfers. Like they they might have brought in like one or two guys from like I think one guy was from Furman or something. So even then, it's local guys. Um, their NIL game that you know that fan base is very cultish. Uh, they do advertise for NIL more than we do, and so you know, they'll, they'll give their last penny to the school. So I think their, their NIL budget is actually pretty good, but yeah, you mentioned uh, hiring the big money coordinators. You know, he tried once when Venables and the final OC left, you know, he, he went completely in house with a good one. And I don't even remember the office coordinator from last year's name, Streeter, right? Brandon Streeter. Yeah, Brandon Streeter. Um, so yeah, he tried to stay in-house. Clearly, that didn't work on the offensive side of the ball, so he went out and got Garrett Riley. But, yeah, he they want it to be a family thing up there, and I guess you got to say it has worked for them. But we are entering a new era here. Yeah, thank God. They've never, so. they've never had any trouble paying the players. Let's don't, let's don't make any mistake there. That that is crazy that you bring that up because I found myself wondering as I was looking through their past rosters how they got all these five stars from all over the country to come to little old Clemson and drive Ford F one fifties or whatever. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. I'm, uh, glad <laughs> glad you mentioned that. Uh, so yeah, uh, looking at the defense, you mentioned they were very good last year and they are they're still uber talented. Uh, all over the defense, but the secondary was atrocious last year. We took big advantage of it when uh, of them when we played them. If you remember the Wake Forest game, Sam Hartman was just picking them apart. Yep. So, and they bring all those kids back. Like they'll probably improve, but it is the same bodies out there. Um, they lose uh, Trenton Simpson, the linebacker. I think he was only like a third round pick, but he was very good. He had that interception returned against us i'm pretty sure so i think that'll be a big loss i mean they're still going to be probably first or second best defense in the conference but even there it's not you know back when they were winning titles it was a their sixth d tackle was like better than your first they were so deep and loaded on the defensive front now Xavier Thomas, the F-150 is what brought that to mind. Uh, he's in his sixth year at Clemson and probably his seventh Ford F-150 because he keeps wrecking them. Um, he's he's not done anything. I mean, so, yeah, even kind of like the receiver, they've taken a step off on the defensive front as well, which used to be their calling card. Very strange how that all seemed to coincide with being able to openly pay players. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's move on to number 10, a surprise to me, Washington. Yeah. 11-2 last year, 7-2 and in the Pac-12, beat Texas in the Alamo Bowl. Kalen DeBoer, whose name I have a hard time saying, is their coach. And they come back with Michael Penix, a Heisman candidate, because the motherfucker throws the hell out the ball. Yeah. 4,600 yards passing last year, second in the nation. They're going to score a lot of points. Are they going to play enough defense to win the Pac-12 and 
possibly make the playoff. So when when you told me that Washington was number 10, my first thought was, what in the hell? Like, that shocked the hell out of me. Like, they have Jake Locker or something. I, was, didn't even, I couldn't He's even back. Who, Yeah. <laughs> but then as soon as I, like, pulled him up, I'm like, oh, yeah. Yeah, it was Kalen DeBoer's first year last year. I've I've known about him for a while. He was He's one of the guys that uh, the Gamecock message board people like myself were begging to be our offensive coordinator years ago. He's an elite offensive mind. He was the offensive coordinator at Indiana when they had those really good offenses. That where Penix was at Indiana. Yep. And uh, then he went to Fresno for a year. I think he was only there a year, then immediately got this Washington job. So he's a fast riser, elite offensive mind. And, yeah, they, they win uh, 11 games last year in his first year. Him and Penix is just a, a lethal, lethal duo. Yeah, they throw the ball. You know how much I love throwing the ball down the field. Uh, 2,000 yeah. yard receivers, Roma Dunsey and Jalen McMillan. That's probably a top five receiving unit yeah. in the country. Their running backs are decent for a team that throws the ball so much. I know Cameron Davis last year had 13 touchdowns, splitting time. They bring in a kid from Arizona State and a kid from Mississippi State as well. Eight eight guys coming back on defense too. So for a team who I didn't really respect, they've got some pieces and this seems yeah. like it could be a, a pretty well-deserved 10 ranking, even if it uh, was yeah. surprising. Yeah, I agree. Um, you mentioned the defense. They were 58 in scoring defense and 60th in yardage defense last year. Um, just, you know, so just dead middle of the road, but, when the offense is that good, that's good. And then they'll probably get better this year, like you say, returning eight of those kids. Um, so, yeah, the, the defense just has to be able to hold on a little bit because the offense is going to be outstanding. And we yeah. know the schedule is not going to be that tough in the Pac-12. So, yeah, I mean, honestly, the they're not really one of the top four teams in the country, but the playoffs doesn't seem totally out of – the realm of possibility to me. Yeah. They have to go to Southern Cal. So that's going to be tough. Yeah. Cause you, you look at Southern Cal's offense and again, this defense, which bend but don't break appears to be like the motto for these uh, high octane offenses. But like you said, they could sneak in there just based on how things go. So let's go ahead and talk about that. Still four teams in the playoff. Who do you think ends up being the final four and then eventually winning it all? So I think the top two are obvious. I think it's Georgia and Michigan. Uh, both are pretty elite and both have very favorable schedules. So I think, I think that's your top two. I think Ohio State probably is the third best team. They're certainly like a top five team, but it's kind of tough to pick, even though it, it did happen last year, it is kind of tough to pick two non-SEC teams to make it. So I don't know if you can say Ohio State. Bama, I don't feel like they're quite good enough to get there. It's tough. It's After really those top two, it's year. tough. Let me – I mean – I don't think Florida State 
Because it would have to be probably like I'm gonna say one of Southern Washington. Yeah, I think we finally in the final year of the Pac-12, and I wonder too if if the committee will punish Southern Cal for leaving. I don't know. No, that's <laughs> if they're like, hey, you're destroying the sanctity of college football and F-150s, so yeah. you can't go. But I do think a Pac-12 team gets in. Um, I I think I kind of like Washington more than Southern yeah. Cal. Yeah, I mean, they can – you mentioned they go to Southern Cal, but they can win that game. They won on the road at Oregon last year. So they can win a big game on the road. Um, did they and win at – I know they beat UCLA. Was that game at UCLA? That was another big one. That's a good question. And I will say, too, Southern Cal will lose a big game, too. Yeah. Like, so it's not like you go to Southern Cal and and it's like this huge home field advantage. Like, they drop ridiculous games. Um, let me look up. Yeah, they beat UCLA at UCLA last year. So they, yeah, so they won two huge games on the road. So maybe that's your fourth team. I st I don't know who the third team is. I mean, maybe it is Ohio State. Yeah, it would have to be – I would think it would be Ohio State. Who do you love out the ACC enough to do it would be the other question because I think there's – Yeah, certainly not. I mean, I don't know. I'm Clemson, even if I thought it would be Clemson. Yeah. Notre Dame isn't going to do it. Uh, I mean, is there like a non – Is there a sleeper team? Is there a Big 12 team? Uh, is, where's Texas? I don't think Texas will do it, but it could be somebody like that. Or like an Oklahoma. Do you think they're going to be good under yeah. Venables this year? I don't know. I don't think, I don't I don't think Venables is a good head coach. No, I think he's a frightening man, but I don't think he's a good head coach. So, yeah, that that third spot <laughs> is is what – because, I mean, maybe Utah, depending on the health of the quarterback. I know they, they won the Pac-12 last year, but it's probably going to be a team that yeah. comes out of nowhere and does it. Yeah. Texas is 11, Tennessee's 12, Notre Dame's 13, Utah's 14. So it could be any of them. I'm, just, I'm looking at the whole top 25 here. If it's close, uh, it goes to Notre Dame. Like oh, if they do anything. We know that. Yeah. yeah. They, will, they will be there. Ohio State, so hopefully that will knock them out. I don't know. Maybe it is the second Big Ten team. I don't know. I mean, that's a good as guess as any because this was tough, and I, I like that too because yeah, yeah. some parity is good even though we truly don't want parity. We just want our teams to have a chance to win when that's what we mean yeah. when we say parity. Uh, but I don't I don't hate it. Um, who do you think ends up winning it? You think Georgia does the three-peat? You know, this feels like a year where you could get them. I mean, nobody's won it three times in a row since the damn Herbert Hoover administration. Um, so that's tough. And like we said, there are some big questions on offense for Georgia. But 
who do you who do you say beats them? Not Michigan. I don't think we talked about quarterback trouble. I mean, Ohio State's got it, so I don't know. You have to pick Georgia again. Yeah, I think if the kid at Ohio State at quarterback looks decent, they're going to have the best shot, especially out yeah. of between Michigan and Ohio State. Michigan's not going to do yeah. it. Yeah. But you saw the performance Stroud had to have to right. keep them in the game. So yeah. can McCord do that? That yeah. would be nuts. Yeah. Yeah, we know Michigan's not gonna not gonna handle them. Like, I mean, if a Washington or a Southern Cal did sneak in, they're not gonna do it either. Georgia's gonna hang sixty on them, no matter who the quarterback is. So, I think it's got to be Georgia again. Man, that would be incredible to pull that off with yeah. the way college football is now. Yeah, the portal oh, and everything. Like, man. Yeah. But and they don't take a lot of transfers. No. No. This is all recruiting. Must be nice. We'll get there one day. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, since we figured that out, let's move on and talk Heisman. People used to care about this award. We're going to make them care again. <laughs> Who do you think is going to win the Heisman this year? Caleb Williams looking to be the first repeat Heisman winner since was it Archie Smith? Uh, yeah, did Tebow didn't win it twice, did he, or did he? Uh, good lord, that's a very good question. See, I told y'all people used to care about this award. Archie yeah. Griffin, I don't know why I said Archie Smith. Um, I remember we thought it was going to be Manzel, but then he he got yeah. to pretend to be from oil money. Nope, one Heisman Trophy for, for Tim Tebow. Tebow. Okay. So I'm I'm looking at the odds here. It's they've got to. Here's why I quit caring about it personally. I think it's only quarterbacks are eligible for it. Essentially. Yep. And I get that that's the most important position, but like. You've got to have other people that have a chance to win it. Like when Charles Woodson won it as a defensive player, like there should be there should be damn linebackers at least get nominated. I mean, to me, that would make it a lot more interesting. I guess man didn't Manti Teo get nominated? That's like the last time. Yeah. So there's and, been plenty more good linebackers than Manti Teo. I mean, Bama's had better linebackers than him. So I thought Indama and Sue was gonna win it that year mm, that he had yeah, it was that's incredible. Yeah, that's a good um, one. But yeah, you're right. It's a quarterback award. That's why, like, my one of my picks as a possibility is Sam Hartman for Notre Dame. Yeah. Because you know, we've already talked about it in terms of the poll and the playoff. They're dying to give it to a Notre Dame guy so much that they almost gave it to Manti Teo. Yeah. And like, yeah. he wasn't that good. He was not no. that good. No. And then, then his fake girlfriend dies, and now he's at New York waiting to find out if he's won the Heisman. So you get a, a Notre Dame quarterback in there who does it, who does anything like they're anywhere near the top 10 in the playoff. And he puts up anywhere close to the numbers he put up at Wake Forest. 
I think yeah. it's an easy choice for voters who love nostalgia in prestige. Yeah. And another thing that I don't like about it is the t- it has to be a player from a good team. Yeah. Like, why should that be a qualification to be the best player? It has nothing to do with it. Like, um, I mean, Caleb Williams won it last year. That's like as bad of a team as you're going to see a Heisman player come from. And they were, what, 10 and 2? Yeah. Yeah. So, and it's I mean, like the it's the award for the best quarterback on the best team is what it's turned right. into. Right. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And that, the, the, yeah, that's the just, starting quarterback. Yeah. And it's just so this, stupid. This is how much it matters that you're a quarterback. I'm looking down here. Uh, Bo Nix is like in the top 10. Drake, may, which, but I'll get to him in a minute. Carson Beck is like 12th. He's never even played a damn snap, but he is going to be the quarterback of the best team. So, like, obviously, he's a candidate. You got to go all the way down to Marvin Harrison to get a non quarterback, which at like 15th or something. That's insane. And to me, he should probably be the number one. Like getting- like Harrison, if all things were equal, should probably be the top yeah. prospect yeah. because he's yeah, been yeah. so incredible. But yeah. I know Devontae Smith won it in 2020, and he was the first receiver to win it since 92. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess getting into like the actual our picks here, to me, Drake May is the best quarterback in the nation probably, but – North Carolina is just not going to be good enough for him to actually win it. But I, yeah. I hope I'm wrong about that because we face him game one. But I do think he's the best player, best quarterback in the country. Um, Jaden Dan. So Caleb Williams obviously is the favorite. Jaden Daniels is number two. But I don't even know that LSU is going to be good enough to produce a Heisman. You know um, exactly. Quinn Ewers from Texas. What did he? What has no. he done yet? No. Jordan Travis. Cade Klubnick is sixth. That's weird. Fifth. He's fifth. Cade Klubnick's in the top five Heisman odds. That's crazy. So we're we're getting to the bottom of why nobody cares about the Heisman. Yeah. Because you're you're right. Like Drake May, forty three hundred yards, thirty eight touchdowns, seven interceptions last year as a redshirt freshman led the team in rushing with almost 700 yards and seven touchdowns. But I do think like they're going to have to win the ACC title somehow for him to even get invited to New York. Yeah. Uh, Penix is number six. I mean, he's good enough, but I don't know that Washington is going to be good enough. Yeah. I don't, I don't think they give it to a guy in an offense like that. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe not. Um, Sam Hartman, like you said, is a good shout. Um, I don't know, but like I say, I don't know that LSU is going to be quite good enough, and he has proven to be good enough. There's reason to think he might, but um, he's going to have to throw the ball downfield a little bit better. Yeah, I think that's the maybe Caleb Williams. Maybe Caleb Williams repeats. I don't know. I think that 
Williams would have to be so good this year for them to vote him again because they have this high imaginary yeah. standard versus is he the best player in the country is what it should be. Yeah. But yeah. he's going to have to exceed something to replicate what Archie Griffin did. I don't even know how Archie pulled bad shit off. Yeah. Um, Daniels, like you're saying, I, great player, but I don't think he throws the ball down the field enough to where he's going to even accumulate the stats he would need to, even if LSU yeah. was good enough. So that's why I'm thinking Hartman from Oceanside Collegiate here in Mount Pleasant, South Carolina. I didn't know that. Yeah. Holy shit. I had no idea. Netflix show QB one. <laughs> so if he's How healthy, let him get like forest. Lord. Well, he's originally from North Carolina. He transferred okay. down here to, to play. I think it's just his senior year. And then he, he, uh, went to wake forest. Now, if he can stay healthy, that's the big question mark there. Cause he's yeah. been getting hurt. So, and that was such a, if you watched wake forest play, that was such a weird offense they ran and he ran it so perfectly. So I hate to use the pejorative term system quarterback, but he, he could just be a system quarterback because that was a very unique offense. Yeah. And when was the last time Notre Dame had a guy, it'd be like Brady Quinn who made you think, Oh, what a yeah. fantastic quarterback. Yeah. And you know, they lose Tommy Reese to Alabama. They lose, you know, their savant offensive coordinator. So yeah, I don't know. I mean, that's just, it's a good a choice as any, but that's a, it's a tough one there too. Yeah. So we'll see, but make the Heisman matter again. Give it to give it to the best player in the country, regardless yeah, of record. Because it's so hard to affect the record if you're like a Marvin Harrison Jr. who's counting on some new kid to get him the ball, but he's going to put up numbers because he's a freak. Yeah. I'm not even going to count because it'd take too long, but I'm scrolling way down even below Spencer Rattler to get to Quinshawn Judkins. I mean, that dude should that be a top be... three or four, dude. I mean, if it if you care to if you let other people besides quarterbacks win it and you didn't care how good the team was, Quinshaw Juggins is like a top five. Yeah. He should He's be certainly on the stage. In the nineties, he'd win it. Yeah. 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 So well man. Did we cover it all? It feels like we might have covered it all. I think so. Wow. We crushed it once again. Thank you for tuning in. Again, subscribe to the Beyond the Art with Brandon Silver's YouTube page so you can see Brett's Bets, the most entertaining weekly college football show on the internet. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, review, and share if you care about anyone in your life or maybe if you hate them and you don't like what we're doing, share it with the people you hate. I don't know. Uh, we will catch you soon. Remember, SEC preview Wednesday, Gamecock preview Friday. Have a nice week.